Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Wrap With Everything Live, a call-in show brought to you by the good people at Worth Canada and presented by KFC. I am Joshua Hart, joined as always by my co-host, <laughs> William Lou, fresh back from Magic City. Uh, he dipped in a production meeting to go get some wings. Will, how you living? Uh, the wings are good, man. The wings are good. Uh, no, I, unfortunately, you know, I have not gone down to Atlanta to get those wings because of COVID. But, um, you know, when, when, you know, when uh, health permits, hopefully we can uh, do a show from there, maybe live. We change the lighting a little bit and just, you know, get to the bottom of it. Like, how good are these wings? But, um, no, I'm really thankful to be back. Uh, you know, first off, actually, a huge thanks to our production team, uh, Ashley, Louisa, Steph, everyone helping out to get the show back up. Um, you know, obviously the look is a little different because we can't be in studio, but uh, hopefully the content will still be the same. And um, yeah, and then really that starts with you guys. I mean, if you guys can call the number you see on the screen, 289-778-0918. Get in touch with our producer, uh, Ashley, and she will patch you through to us. Uh, but first off, Josh, Raps 2-0, undefeated in the bubble. Um, what's going on, man? How, how On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you based on the two performances we've seen? I think the Raptors look like every bit the champion, returning champion um, that they were before the break. There wasn't a drop-off like you've seen with other teams. The defense looks great. Pascal looks like he is every bit ready to be the dude going into the playoff run. I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear from fans all afternoon, but the Raptors look great. Things are very exciting. It's never been more fun to be a Raptors fan. Yeah. How are you doing? I was listening to your pod. You seem excited. How could you not be, man? First off, beating the Lakers, always fun, all right? Beating LaWashed King. When OG outscored LaWashed King, it was pretty funny. Um, did, definitely did not see any Instagram posts about Washed King after that game. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the second win, uh, Fred went just nuts, man. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to gloat, but certain people on here might have advocated, you know, four months ago for uh, Norman Powell, <laughs> fellow Jamaican Norman Powell, to be starting over Fred Van Vliet. And I, I just, I just yeah. love to hear your thoughts on uh, Mr. Fred Van Vliet uh, and, and what he did you know, yesterday. It's, it, it was kind of a surprise to see Fred go off as much as he did at the beginning of the game. It still looked like he didn't quite have his legs, and throughout the game, you'd see him he'd leave stuff short at the rim. But it's undeniable; like he went crazy in that third quarter to help push the Raptors up. And if not for the help of the rest, I think it would have would not have been as competitive a game. I still think that Norm Powell has a big role to play in the offense. Um, his legs aren't under him yet, and it's been tough to watch. He's had some really bad moments um, in both of these games. Mm-hmm. As Like, Kuzma cooked him whenever he was on the court on uh, Saturday, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I really like Fred. I'm really happy for him. Uh, still think his contract negotiation is going to be something really interesting to talk about come November. But Yo, the man's then, earned his money. That's come on, man. I know, he's but earned I mean, the money. Is Masai gonna pay is Masai gonna pay? Of course he's gonna it's pay. It's gonna be him, complicated. Who else? The Raptors have are gonna have a big payroll going into 
a summer where they think they can catch the biggest fish that's out there with a declining cap from the league because of, you know, every, you know, the same thing that kept the show away for 21 weeks will maybe keep Fred from staying with the Raptors. If there's anything I learned from the Miami Heat the last couple of years is you can have a big payroll, still sign free agents, especially if those guys are good. That's actually the issue the Heat have had. They've signed a lot of players who are average yeah. to big contracts. But if you have good players, those are still assets, right? So you could move those pieces when the need comes. Um, but I, I think you got to hold on to Fred, man. Fred is clearly a piece for the future. Yeah. Um, we actually have our first Absolutely. caller, actually. This is, this is historic, all right? For the first time in all 148 have... days. <laughs> It's been that long. Well, Mallory from Richmond Hill, uh, welcome to the show. You're on with Will and I. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. Hi. Hi. I, uh, yeah, I listen to you guys quite a lot. Uh, sometimes I listen to you guys fall asleep. Anyways, hi, I'm Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Mallory. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Please don't fall asleep during uh, this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got to get ready for work, but uh, I thought I'd call in just before I, yeah, got to run off to work, but I was wondering what you guys, what like surprising thing that you like kind of filled your times with when there was like no NBA around and like everything was locked down. That's a good question. Josh, what'd you do? Oh, um, for the first time in my life, I did a bit of yoga. Um, my partner's a big yoga person. So I did a little bit of that early in the quarantine, played video games and I'm not a huge video game person later on um but that's about it regular stuff cooked more did like baking projects went on walks around the neighborhood lots of zoom calls i guess that's everybody like i spoke to friends from university that i you know just like like you know you know the people in your life that you just put the um party had emoji on their instagram stories and that's the limit of your interactions <laughs> with them those were the people that i spent Aww. more time talking to so, um, that is actually I mean, so great and wholesome. <laughs> that is mad wholesome. Uh, I, I feel like for me, I w- did more like solitary activities, like uh, just like biking around the city for like two hours at night. During quarantine, it was actually pretty fun just because like you couldn't get out at all, pretty much in that March yeah. and April period where it was still cold. And I don't drive, so like I, biking around, seeing the city at night was actually really fun. Um, and then, you know, after that, it started you know, practicing hoops, you know, uh, worked on my free throws. <laughs> Basically, it's just Yo, one person nice. at night at 11.30 p.m. at a local high, a local junior school shooting um, free throws for like an hour and a half while the neighbors are pissed that I'm breaking so many shots. So yeah. a lot more <laughs> physical activity. Now the kids are at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Also, I wanted to kind of like shout out Vitelli from Masco, and I hope he called because like it is so entertaining every time he talks on the show. Definitely, <laughs> he's a legend. I I, ho- I hope this message has gotten out to Moscow um, today. Vitelli, if you're listening, man, call in, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody can't wait to hear from you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Mallory, cool. thanks for reaching cool. out. Have a good shift yeah. at work. Stay safe. And uh, be good. Right. Yeah. Peace. Um, that was nice. That was nice. Well, I speaking of your bike ride. Yeah. I remember when you DM'd me a photo of my apartment at two <laughs> thirty in the morning, setting you up. It was very strange when I got up the next morning. Like, I guess Will. Yeah, I think on that same. Fast, I think on the same. I was not up clearly. Yeah, on the same ride, I think I sent you a picture of Chop Chop at um, um, Dundas and, and Bathurst and. You know, 
it was just sad that we couldn't go. Uh, that's definitely one of our. I can't wait spots. to go back. I think they're, I think they've reopened, but they were closed for a long time. Yeah. Because when I I like tried to order take out a delivery, show some support for a, well, we've recommended Chop Chop to Stanley Johnson. Oh, yeah, definitely. Stanley, um, we must order some Chop Chop, man. Come on. Break quarantine, get some Chop Chop from Toronto, <laughs> bring it back for your teammates. That's an <laughs> insane idea. Is, is um, it? You're very productive, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> Bruno Cabloca could probably go go for the red. I don't think he's going to get much playing time. Mm. Uh, um, we have a question from the YouTube chat, another a great feature in our call show. Um, from John Phillips, uh, I'm not worried about the Raps in any seven-game series, but I'm terrified of the media calling us frauds if we drop <laughs> one of the lead-up games. <laughs> I mean, you know, this it is, it is what it is, man. That's the, the game is the game, you know? So here's the thing. Like, don't get too caught up in national media. It's it's always fun. Trust me, it's it's always fun when, you know, Stephen A. Smith is yelling about how great your team is and, and, and slandering someone else. But realistically, like, they're just going to go with the flow. You're always going to hear both sides of it. Um, And honestly, you know, my hope is just now that we're past that period of the Raptors where, you know, they were kind of embarrassing in the playoffs, just like, don't be embarrassing. And I kind of believe in this team because a, they could just defend. And like, I never, their defense will never be embarrassing. So they'll be in games offensively. It could look ugly in some games and who cares if people slander you, but I think it'll be competitive. It's not going to be like LeBron is up 50 points on um, Louis Scola and Patrick Patterson. You know, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. But I do think it is unbelievable when CBS will publish, um, you know, who's going to win the NBA championship, like Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, other. And it's just, <laughs> it's just rude. It's just going to happen. Mm. They're not going to like it, and someone's going to call in when that happens in a few weeks to complain about it. And I'm going to agree with them because the Raptors are two in the bubble, and we're winning games consistently up until then had a 15 game win streak biggest uh, comeback in franchise history if people were listening to your podcast they heard about all of these great like you know signature wins of the season put some respect on the Raptors names yeah facts I think it's the very least they could do it also gives us great, um, great content though so you know can't really complain <laughs> <laughs> got another call yes and, yes we do have another caller uh, Samir from Toronto uh, Samir welcome to the show you're on with Will and I hey what's going on guys what's good man not too much. Uh, yeah, so my question is, um, what do you guys think about Nick Nurse uh, getting snubbed for the Coaches Association Coach of the Year? I feel like, uh, okay, first off, I do want to acknowledge, you know, Billy Donovan. I feel like he's done a good job with that team. Like, let's be real. Everyone expected OKC to be garbage. Chris Paul's really bought into yeah. that program. I think it takes a lot to get a vet to buy in like that in Oklahoma City. He could have just easily demanded a trade and sort of like, you know, pulled one of those superstar moves. He didn't do that. And I do credit the coach when you can get the buy-in. Mike Boonholzer, yeah. I'm not really giving him any credit, man. You got, the, you got the award last year. Okay, congratulations. You designed one scheme. You played the same scheme all year. You won a lot of games. Giannis is MVP. Fantastic, all right? You're not getting the coach of the year, all right? No, coach of the year should not go to teams yeah. that have the MVP on the roster. I, I feel, unlike, exactly. I mean, it, it has to be like a Steve Kerr, like 73 win you know, type of season. It's like, okay, fine. Maybe give him all yeah. the credit in the world, but whatever with Milwaukee. What the, I think honestly with Nick, this is just my theory, but you know how like there's always coaches trees, right? We talk about like Greg Popovich's coaching tree or like, you know, Pat Riley's coaching tree. Like there, there are people in the league that have connections because they've been in there. They've been in different programs. People band together. Like if you watch a broadcast, 
with like um you know jeff van gundy he's always going to talk nice about oh tom thibodeau you know what i mean like these guys are like work together like steve clifford or whoever so um yeah I, i just don't know if nick has like you know, a fraternity like that, or if he's part of any sort of coaching tree or anything like that, mm-hmm. he's kind of an outsider. So uh, I could see that being a factor. And I can also maybe see jealousy being a factor too, because, you know, it probably hurts your feelings when you lose to Nick Nurse praying a, a high school defense against you and then you're losing, you know? So Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. Like I was thinking the same thing. Like um, I just think Mike Budenholzer probably has more connections. And yeah, he's from the Spurs about, about, like, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Billy Donovan 100% deserves it. The thing about Budenholzer is he hasn't done anything we didn't expect. We expect him mm-hmm. to be a 60-plus win team. We expect Giannis to be MVP. So, like, how can you say that Budenholzer deserves it over Nurse? Like, it's just nonsense, you know? The the Bucks will be statistically one of the, like, historically great teams. And, and I actually don't think it's really that crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, like many of the Raptors fans, believe Nick Nurse will get the nod uh, when it actually matters. Um, yeah. But Budenholzer is coaching a statistically and historically significant team, and there should be some credit for that. They are going to be championship favorites for that reason. And I don't know. The Billy Donovan thing, I think, is is impressive. Like, it's a young team that I think people thought were preparing to build for the future, and they're, what, the four seed in the West now? Or no, they're not yeah. quite, quite that high. Yeah. Um, no, they're um, they're uh, six. I think they're six. But they, yeah, they're within they're in um, within range of going all the way because the Jazz are falling apart and the Rockets um, can't get out of their own way. But that's like yeah. that's impressive as hell. Um, yeah, that's like, but that that's also like if you gave Dwayne Casey like Billy Donovan. That's like if you gave Dwayne Casey Coach of the Year for that 2013-14 Raptors season, though. You know. And we, we weren't doing that. It's like, all right, everyone expected this team to win 15 games. They just traded Bargnani. They just traded Rudy Gay. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're actually good. It's, it's cool. Like, those 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 stories are definitely cool. But, yeah, I think with Nick Nurse, too, I think that the true test, I think, of a reflection of just how, what other coaches think of him, realistically, is, like, they, they started copying a lot of what Nick Nurse does. Like, have you ever seen a box and one in the NBA um, before Nick yeah. Nurse started doing it? And I was watching a game against the Knicks earlier this year where they did a box one with their four power forwards and another power forward at the top. And I was like, wow, but look, even the Knicks are copying the Raptors. Like, you know, uh, if the Knicks are doing it, I'm, I'm sure smarter teams have already clued on to some of this stuff. You know, you look at how they guarded James Harden, right? Like in that December matchup, they aggressively trapped him at half court. Now, whatever, Ben McLemore hit like eight threes. The Raptors lost that game in, I think, overtime. Whatever, or close, close loss. But, you know, I, I watched on December 25th on, on Christmas when it was Warriors-Lakers or Warriors-Rockets. Uh, and Steve Kerr was using that exact defense against James Harden. And I've seen a, just a lot of things where, look, coaches are always going to copy each other. It's a copycat league. But, you know, when, when you're the guy who people are copying, that means that you're the best coach. Like, I, I think that, you know, it's pretty clear. So yeah. um, I think it's like give, give credit where credit's due, you know? Mm. Like, they should give credit for that to Nick Nurse. One of those, like one of those things. I, I agree. It, it's like executive of the yeah, year with my side, man. Yeah, I just have one other question. What do you guys think? Um, outside of the starting five and then Ibaka, Powell, who who do you think Nick Nurse is gonna look to? Maybe another one or two players um, in the playoffs. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson seems to be the number one candidate for getting extra minutes. 
minutes outside of that top seven. Um, the Raptors' bigs are old. Um, having somebody else with fresher legs to spell them is useful. I think that's Rondé, about it. I don't think I love Rondé, but like it's six four on five, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's but I think it's just I'm thinking more just on minutes. Um, he yeah. has gotten a lot of minutes that, the last two games. I mean, if he didn't twist his yeah. ankle in that Laker game, he would have played more. Um, but he played a decent amount yesterday against the the Heat too. I think Rondé has a decent shot of it, to be honest. I just think defensively he does bring a lot of things that is useful. Like, realistically, the the way the roster is stacked right now, the starting lineup is going to be great. They're going to they're gonna go out there. Yeah. They're cohesive. They can defend. They can score. Everything's perfect. You know, starting lineup is great. But based because the starting lineup is so great, there's not as much depth to, like, you know, uh, functionally pour over with the bench. And so you have guys yeah. like Norman Surge, who we know can work with those five guys and can sub in and out. Um, but yeah, that eighth guy is just always tricky, but at least with Rondé, like we know he can defend. And if honestly, if you can just defend and make those minutes off the bench, even we know, obviously he takes a lot off the table offensively, but if he can just make those minutes, even, I don't know, man, I don't think Nick Nurse is getting that ambitious, right? He played Pat McCaw so many minutes too. It's kind of the same deal. Just defend out there, try to keep things even and, um, basically hold the, hold the line until the starters come back in and go for another like 20 to seven run, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Rondé's done done a really excellent job in the regular season, and through the bubble so far, he deserves to play. I think cutting his minutes completely would be unfair for the effort. He's turned in a great effort at the beginning of the season. Uh, fairly suggesting just called Rondé recommendations. He <laughs> Yo, like come he on. Was a total bust, and he's yeah. played his ass off. I think you you got to honor guys who go out and really show up for your team and show up for the club, and he's deserved it. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and I think I think as long as uh, TD stays away from the conspiracy theorist type of shit, you know, he, he'll yeah. get the minutes. Yeah, no, he's he's got to do that first. All right, no, the, the TD uh, the TD praise is on hold. So, imagine so being yeah, held yeah. into the office to talk to Masai. I know, right? Like, imagine Masai I know, right? says, "Like, you got to come to my hotel room. We have a discussion." The dread in your heart, oh. yeah. <laughs> you, you guys saw that when calling in. Oh, yeah, okay. no problem. Have a good one. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, um, you guys saw, I forgot, one media member asked Nick Nurse about it, and he didn't look too happy. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> look, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Yeah. Because, you know, here's the thing with the media thing, too. I, I just think it's hard to, I always think about the, the pros and cons, because if you do talk about it, you make it into a story, then you're also lending credence yeah. to this, like, conspiracy theory. And, like, just, like, what is the ultimate, you know, what what's the greater good here? And I, I think, yeah. I, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't turn into that big of a story because I just don't even want, it's not even for Terrence's sake. I just don't want the conspiracy theory to, to gain any traction. You know, just keep it in the, just keep it as an offline thing. Anyway, All right, guys. Thanks for thanks, All right, have Peace. a good one. Be good. All right. Uh, you know, think, some things change, others don't. We have somebody on the line, Satha from Ottawa. I'm hoping getting your name right. Uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Sata. Sata? What's going on? All right, maybe he'll call back? Yeah, hopefully. All right. Uh, yeah. What What do you want to say? I mean, what does Terrence say? I mean, it's just, it's just disappointing, man. What... Just I don't know why do people fall for conspiracy stuff? Maybe let's, maybe we could talk about that. Okay, why do people talk? Why do people fall for this, these things? 
Just I, it, it's an easier excuse than we need to contract some of our freedoms for an indeterminate amount of time for the protection of leathers. Like it's not a, it, the situation that we're all in. So it's mm-hmm. like nobody wants to be apart from their families or their favorite activities or any of this stuff. And like, I don't even really want to give him too much airtime. I think he's like a young, maybe more naive than I'd hoped guy. And he fell victim to this thinking that isn't very productive or consider what it takes to keep others safe. Mm. Um, it's a good, it's, it's great that he is someone who gets to work with compassionate, informed people like the Raptors organization. Mm-hmm have uh, proven themselves to be. Uh, they, they have one and of the, the best think... doctors in the world, uh, Alex McKechnie. I feel like he can maybe explain that vaccines are one of the greatest inventions in mankind, essentially. And yeah, uh, yeah maybe show him a couple of pictures of what people with polio uh, deal with. You know what I mean? So yes. yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And then even, even you know, Chris Boucher was sharing that McDonald's thing. Like, it's like, come on, man. Like, I don't know if you saw Do that. Do you want to catch more? Chris Boucher? No, I mean, um, I'll catch it for that, man. This guy thought it was, yeah, anyway, whatever. We don't want to spread anything. Uh, we got another caller on the line. Uh, we have Joe in Toronto. Wanted to talk about Kyle Lowry as the MVP. Maybe of the team, but maybe of the league. I don't know. Let's see how far Kyle Lowry uh, praise goes. Joe, w- welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, hey, Josh, and hello, Will. Um, how you doing, man? My question comes, I'm doing well. My question comes from a Discord conversation that I was having this morning with some friends uh, around, I guess, my hubris and belief that, like, Raptors will win the championship. And then the topic shifted to can Kyle Lowry get finals MVP? Uh, And the consensus, even from people who weren't Raptors fans, was sort of like, this would be, like, a best-case scenario. This would be very cool. This is, like, best timeline. Um, So I started thinking, like, what does he have to do to get there? And I guess that's the question. I want to start with you guys. Um, I, there's not a there's. I don't think there's a path to Kyle Lowry winning final oh, MVP. Come on. He'd have to lock up either LeBron or Kawhi. He'd have to contribute defensively against a guard, and he's not going to pick up that defense. That would be what the vote. That's what voters will look at. Is mm. yeah, sure. If he averages forty, maybe. But re- realistically the matchup that will um, determine who wins finals MVP will be who guards the other team's best guy in addition to what they do on offense because the the two guys who are expected to represent the Western Conference and either LeBron or Kawhi, I, you'd have to guard them. I, I don't really think there's a path to Kyle Lowry winning finals MVP with the way basketball works. Right. If he breaks basketball and, like, you know, average it, like shoots like Patty Mills did in the uh, 2015 or 2014 finals. Sure. But I don't know. Do you see it? Well, uh, my case is, uh, excuse my printer randomly just going off. Um, yeah. My, my case for this is let's say it's like an O4 Pistons type of team, right? Where, yeah. you know, there's, there's not necessarily one standout, like superstar. That's sort of like the clear cut, like Kawhi level candidate. Right. Um, then you're looking at a team where, okay, so they defend well, they play well as a group. That's the 0-4 Pistons, right? And it's not like, okay, so uh, Rasheed Wallace or Ben Wallace got like MVP you know, consideration because they were able to slow down Shaq, right? The guy who won finals MVP that year, if I'm not mistaken, was Chauncey Billups, right? And and the guy who's had the most similar career arc to, to Kyle Lowry has been Chauncey. And, and 
you know, I think he'd be re- widely recognized as the leader of that group. I think, you know, uh, even guys like Pasc- or Pascal, who you could say, okay, maybe Pascal's a leader. You know, Pascal's even acknowledged that. Of course, Kyle's the leader of this group. It's Kyle's team, right? And, and he sets the tone. And I feel like, honestly, obviously, Kyle's got to deliver goods, too. Like, he's probably got to average, like, pretty respectable numbers. But at the same time, if the Raptors get this far, if the Raptors win the championship, like, and the Raptors have a guy who's up for finals MVP, I think it'll be a bit of a split vote. I could see a couple of guys getting it. But I think, ultimately, Kyle will get most of the praise because people recognize this is still Kyle's team. Yeah. That Oprah Pistons comparison is like useful, but I don't think the Raptors are going to meet a team as dysfunctional as the 04 Lakers in Bro, the finals. You never know with the Clippers, man. Maybe, maybe Doc <laughs> Rivers, you, you know. The Rockets? And... <laughs> <laughs> the Rockets aren't going to the NBA. Finals. Yeah, no, they're not. Um, but I really like, I salute to the Rockets. I think they've, you know, I think right before the season was suspended, they'd like lost to the Pistons and like, they had a couple bad games, so I'm glad that they uh, inspired a bit more confidence. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Will, that if there is that kind of upset in the finals with that kind of profile, but I don't know if I, don't know if I see the finals working out in the Raptors' favor looking as much like the Oakville Pistons as you do. Yeah, fair enough. I think if the Raptors win the finals, it would be Pascal Siakam's coronation. And I think Pascal has that kind of uh. ability. I wouldn't mind either way, man. I think uh, both, both both scenarios are pretty good. But honestly, if Kyler was another championship this year, period, or even if he gets the Raptors back to the finals, he's that the Hall of Fame case is locked, sealed. So yeah. sure, absolutely, he deserves that. He deserves it already, but you know, to the to the mainstream voters who are ultimately the people that vote on this stuff, you know. All right. Well, thanks for the hey. thanks for the call. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a good afternoon, Peace. guys. Bye. Thanks. Everyone's, everyone's very um, nice at, at, around noon. Everyone's yeah. chilling. Okay. And the Raptors are, you know, winning. Yeah. Um, let's question from uh, the chat. Um, Archison, I'm not sure I'm getting that name correctly. Um, why do you guys think, who do you, whoa, who do you think is the most likely Raptor to break quarantine like Sweet Lou for some fried chicken? Um, if, so long as it's KFC, I think everybody's oh. um, liable to bust out of quarantine, but I think they deliver. So yeah, there you go. I don't think any they're, of them. They're Raptors going on KFC.ca, baby. Uh, <laughs> ordering, what is the ordering, you know, a 10 piece bucket with the macaroni salad and coleslaw? Uh, you know, I, I, I should know off the top of my head, but I don't, but uh, I'll, I'll report back on the next podcast for sure. When the Raptors play the magic. Um, yeah. I mean, actually jokes aside, I actually think the Raptors are just a really responsible group. Like they're not really going to be, guys that would do something like this you know what i mean like they're, just, they're yeah. just a really smart responsible team like as much as you want you know maybe you can point to a couple of those guys we just talked about the conspiracy thing so maybe the smart thing is you know uh situational but um yeah i think they're just a responsible team period and they're not gonna be doing any of that stuff so but if i had to pick one guy I'd probably yeah. go with Boucher. i'm sorry man <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i don't think it, like any i don't think any of the raptors are gonna do it if they do for Seth Scott and Gav, have mine videos, so mm. uh, the risk is too high. Um, I, I, what about this question um, from JP Kouvret? Four, three, two, one. I don't know, man. Uh, your opinion on Siakam's performance in the two games. So let me just read you Pascal's numbers real quick to contextualize. So Pascal's averaging 18.5 points per game. Uh, he's shooting 55% from three, but only 39% overall. 
uh, 7.5 rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half, a block. So pretty much regular Pascal stats. Uh, what, what do you think so far of Pascal? I mean, he hasn't had a signature Pascal game, but he's completely delivered on in his role. Mm. He looks great. I'm excited for him to like put up 43 on somebody in what like a real fun Pascal performance, but he's looked great. I It's been too bad. The, I feel like the headline of the Lakers game was Kyle and uh, OG's performance. The headline of yesterday was obviously Fred. It seemed like Pascal was rolling in the first half and could have ended up with big numbers. He got hit with four stupid fouls in the bro. third quarter. Yo, but... I, yo, tell me this, man. When have you ever seen an all-star player get slapped with four fouls? And it wasn't like blatant yeah. fouls. Like, these are just like, ah, we, you know, Jimmy Butler turned his body and jerked, you know, his, the left side of his arm, and it's a foul. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But Pascal, Pascal looked great. He looked really good in the um, second uh, scrimmage. He looked – yeah, he's looked good. Uh, there's nothing – Yeah. Pascal's the best. I like that his hair is a little longer now. He looks kind of like he did when he was younger, so that's nice. All right. But like, don't you, he looks young in the like, everyone growing out the hair nice. makes him look younger. This is just yeah. This is just a that's, trend. I guess how it works. Yeah. Uh, I wish I still had my hair. Yeah, I didn't want to, but, uh, didn't want to go there, but you know, you went there. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on Pascal's performance? Um, yeah, I think they could probably feature him a little bit more. I, I don't really think he's gone to the the basket that much but i also think it was, it was two matchups where it didn't really make a lot of sense to force feed pascal like that um first off him getting guarded by anthony davis with all due respect to pascal like there's just no, there, that's not smart right it, we're not like the milwaukee yeah. bucks where we have to go to Giannis every single time against a bad defensive matchup even if it, the, the pain is clogged because that's the only option we have right like the raptors have different options when kyle's going like that you go to kyle when fred is going like that you go to fred like you know, that's one of the beauties of this team is you have so many guys who can step up. Uh, but I do think ultimately that, like, you know, what I really try to evaluate Pascal on sometimes, which is not fair entirely, but it's like, how does he do on the hardest, you know, uh, tasks in the game? Like one-on-one, uh, you know, pulling up for yeah. three, you know, like face up in the mid-range, triple threat, attack, drive to the rim, you know, pull up, get to the middle, you know kick out when there's a double team the stuff like on, on those fronts i think he's done really well so the raptors actually haven't needed yeah. him necessarily to be the number one guy so that's fine but um you know when the moment calls yeah. for it, he's he's made a, he's made a fair number of his jump shots that's actually been my bigger concern was i was worried that okay after three months the pass got not shooting maybe he's not gonna be able to shoot that well but uh he shot really well i mean it's a small sample so far it's two games but um his, the jumper looks fine so uh, i guess yeah, I'm not the worried. one thing that i'm thinking of now is it was weird that the Raptors went for two for one at the end of the game yesterday and mm. didn't put the ball in Pascal's hands with the idea that he could like basically end the game with a possession there. I didn't love that. I agree that if the Raptors are going to go two for one, the ball has to be in Kyle's hand. He's the smartest guy in every game he plays in. Um, but I am ready to see – I'm ready to roll the dice with Pascal and just give him the ball and say go end the game for us. Because um, you saw the way that, that possession with Kyle Lowry driving to the rim. He probably did get fouled. Jay Crowder played yeah. great defense. It was it could have been called either way. You don't want to see it in the last minute if of the game. Yeah. Any other in the you know outside of the fourth quarter, I think it gets called. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm ready to see Pascal featured in the offense. Um, I agree. The last two matchups haven't been good. Why why make him slug it out with Anthony Davis? and Bam Adebayo mm-hmm. for games that ultimately won't change the Raptors' seating. 
I think the two seeds lock up. Like it, oh yeah, I mean the they, Celtics. They've done a good job of it so far. I mean, look, that, so, the Celtics game is a good example. Like, I think Pascal's gonna have a great game in the Celtics game. I'll just call it here. I can't wait. Um, let, let's get to our like let's it. get to our next caller, man. Um, we have Vin from Alberta. Uh, Vin, welcome to the show. You're on with me and Will. Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Yo, welcome back, Vin. How you doing? Yo, it's been a while, man. Shout out to Big Head Lou and Better Than Josh Hart, man. <laughs> yo, yo, real quick, man. <laughs> yo, real quick, man. I just got, want to touch a couple things, man. Um, I want to slander the Bucks a little bit. Um, Go for it, man. Yo, the Bucks. Yo, listen, I want to apologize to Nick Nurse because when he first got fired, I started the White Casey meme on Twitter. And then, yeah. yo, I want to apologize to this man because White Casey is butt, like straight up. Oh, like, wow. oh, you, wow. <laughs> yo, because here's the thing, you know, if you ask any prominent NBA analyst who's, who has the best defense in the league, they'll be like, yo, it's the Bucks." But mm. straight up, it's the, I think it's the Raptors because I don't care what the numbers say. I, I can look at defensive rating, blah, 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 all that stuff, all the rankings. The Raptors are incredibly versatile on defense, whereas the Bucks kind of play mostly the same style and it works for them in the regular mm-hmm. season. But I feel like their style is incredibly exploitable. The Raptors defensively, like if you look at the Heat game yesterday, yo, you know how many times they let guys like Jay Crowder chuck threes? And Jay Crowder is like not even a great shooter. And the Bucks mm-hmm. have a lot of guys like that that are like solid shooters, but they're not great. So if they catch yeah. cold like they did last year, they're in there. It's problems again. I, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, and I think I view the Bucks as incredibly beatable in the half court if you can limit their transition, which is obviously easier said than done. But uh, but I think the mm-hmm. Raptors can pretty much replicate what they did last year. Like, OG is pretty much going to give you most of what Kawhi did on defense last year, uh, especially that Kawhi wasn't, like, 100%. But yeah, Kawhi on one leg. OG's going to do that. Yeah, exactly. So what do you guys think about that in terms of – I know, obviously, that it seems to be and all that, and, you know, we're Raptors fans and all that. But, like, what do you guys think mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, the Bucks. The, the way the Bucks play is, it reminds me of like when you spam one move in in a in a certain video game. Like, let's say you're playing like Smash Bros. and you have Kirby, and you're constantly just doing that you know, ground pound move. You're not gonna get killed very often. You're probably gonna win the game, but you're freaking annoying for doing that. And realistically, when someone's skill comes along, can beat that strategy, you're done. So the Bucks kind of remind me of that. And if you think about the def- defense, just by position, if we just go guy by guy, right? Brooke Lopez versus Mark Gasol. It's surprisingly close because Brooke has improved a lot, but I would still take Mark defensively over Brooke. Yeah. Right? Pascal versus Giannis. Unfortunately, I'm taking Giannis, but Pascal is not like it's it's not that far off. Back to back MVP. Yeah. I mean, he could he should win defensive player of the year. He really should. Right? Chris Middleton versus OG. That's not close. I'm taking OG. You're talking about Wes Matthews or Eric Bledsoe versus Kyle Larry, Fred Evley. I'm sorry, I'm taking the two smaller guys there. Like Fred and Kyle are much better at defense than those guys. And so if you, even if you just look at it on that front, right, um, the Raptors have really good defense. Uh, the Bucks have great defense too, but I, I agree. Like, they are vulnerable in a way, right? Because, you know, when Giannis gets into the post and there's multiple defenders and it's stacked, has he changed anything in his game that's going to fundamentally break you? It's not like he's like – He's not the Kobe Rockets. with the Rockets mid-range. Like, no, he's, it's still the same. If he gets to the rim, yeah. there's multiple defenders there. He turns into Luke Richard and Mute. Like, it, it's a real problem. So <laughs> – uh, then it, and then Yo, it's did Chris you guys see at the end of the game dribble. against Houston? Yeah, did you guys see at the end of the game against Houston where I think Westbrook put them up one or something, mm-hmm. and Giannis yeah. is coming up down the court in the half court, and he just throws it away. He doesn't even look to score. And keep in mind, 
this dude was like, it's like PJ Tucker in there. And we're talking about Gasol, yeah. who, yo, this yeah. dude literally said he has nightmares about Gasol. You're talking about <laughs> Ibaka, who like, yo, Ibaka has like this older head, like West African like, stuff on this guy. And I'm telling you, man, like if you go back years, like Ibaka has been, like if you look up Ibaka's shot blocks on Giannis, there's like 10 of them on YouTube, man. Like, okay, straight up. Okay, all right. like this dude has fear of like our bigs, like literally has admitted that. And he and he didn't even want to go at PJ Tucker at the basket half court. It's it's like I'm not trying to hate on Giannis because you know he's coming over, but like mm-hmm. yo man, um, <laughs> I, I I just feel like the the Bucks are incredibly schemable. And let's be honest, last year, like I, I can ask you guys this straight up: Who'd you guys fear more, um, Brogdon and George Hill or Middleton? I feel uh, Brogdon was really giving the Raptors issues, man, because he could really drive by and like actually finish at the basket. Like, which other Buck yeah. players is really doing that? Other than Giannis, obviously. I think for yeah. years, being beating Chris Middleton, like Demar Derozan has timed them every time they play. Um, I'm not afraid of him. Um, Yo, Demar put nice. fifty, will... what, 51? Yeah. 50, 52? 52, 52 points on Chris Middleton. I was done with Chris <laughs> after that point, man. I was done with him. And then, yeah, and then Demar checking into Game Six uh, against the Bucks a few years ago. He just like, all right, I'm winning this game. Yeah, Chris Middleton is all you have. It's over. Yeah. So, Chris Middleton, I'll never appreciate his game, and that's on me as a Raptor fan. But I'm not. A He's fan. a nice shooter. He's a nice shooter. That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I. Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, and obviously like white Casey doesn't adjust man the dude plays like last year they lost three in a row and he's like yeah we're not changing anything and i'm like yeah we got this like i knew (laughs) i knew it was a wrap (laughs) one of of my favorite moments last year was one of the reporters from the bucks was basically begging him like you know Giannis is uh 24 years old uh you know in great shape uh why can't he play more than 40 minutes but uh you guys are facing elimination he's like you know it's just some players are not built to play 40 minutes uh we got to give Giannis his rest and I'm like yo what are you talking about you're about to be resting for the whole summer if you don't play more than 42 minutes man <laughs> yo Kawhi played 50 like 50 what 53 50, some 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 number in the 50s I think 53 some crazy yeah, number yeah in, in game three like yo that was when the Raptors were down 0-2 like you're not you're not playing Giannis in an elimination game more than 42 minutes like it's elimination game on the road yeah oh, I mean yeah he had to yeah, manage him yeah. to win a second MVP that will do what? I mean, congratulations to Giannis for winning MVP, but still. Yeah, yeah. and uh, one, uh, just a couple more things. Like One more thing real quick about uh, the Raptors. I'm a little concerned about the, the half-court offense a little bit. I know, obviously, like they're just getting back into things. I'm like, mm-hmm. Pascal, he, I think he's a little – like I like that he's hitting his jumpers, but I'm afraid he's a little jump shot happy. I, I feel like I a lot of teams have scouted him in the post a little bit. Uh, he kind of suffers from – remember the old thing with DeMar where it was like you just put like a bigger, taller, stronger got wing on him and he would have problems. I feel like it's the same with Pascal in the post. Like you put Giannis and AD, and those are like top-tier guys, yeah. but he has some problems with yeah. those guys. So I feel like that would be a slight issue because you can't expect Kyle to drop 30 points a night, even though I still feel like Kyle's our best player. He's not going to be your consistently like top scorer. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's a slight issue. But um, with, like I think the defense can honestly make up for a lot of it, which is crazy. But what do you guys think about the half-court offense? I mean, it, they're not a prolific half-court offense. Like that, That's just pretty clear, right? But um, I, I think... 
a couple of things. A, I think that defensively, I think that matters way more. Like if you can slow down the other team and turn them into, I mean, look at what the Lakers were doing offensively or look at what Miami was doing offensively before the refs called 10 fouls in one quarter. Like they weren't, they could not score period. So I think defensively they can do that. And I think they get enough like transition opportunities off their defense to sort of supplement. So they don't have to play half court as much. Like they're one of the best like fast court or uh, uh, full court teams in the NBA. But yeah, I mean, they just, they don't have that like elite shot creator that you can go to time after time. I'm not even necessarily worried about their overall offensive rating. I'm just more worried about when things get really difficult. Everyone's really locked in like game seven, everyone scouted each other. Everyone knows what the matchups are. You really only have one or two advantages that you can try to go to. And when I get to that point, then I'm a little bit more concerned because like, yeah, I agree that there is, there is a, there is a solution right now to beating Pascal. Only certain teams have it. Only certain players have it, but it's still out there. So that that's a real concern. I don't even know. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to lie about the, the team either. Like I, I think, you know, they're not perfect and that's the weakness that they have, but ultimately it's, it's really about how much the Raptors can limit your offense relative to how much you can limit the Raptors offense. Because if the Raptors share the ball, they're open threes, maybe shots don't go in, but if they get hot enough, like we're going to win four out of seven, not as worried, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, yeah, well, you you had the whole answer. I think the Raptors understand that if, like, option number one uh, on offense is going to be Pascal Siakam, and he, for the most part, has delivered regularly enough for me to feel confident. I also really like the Raptors being able to go to the um, Serge Kyle Lowry pick and roll. Like, it, it's worked well, yeah, especially in the playoffs. Serge, Serge's three-point shot, for whatever reason, after oh, the – They were running a um, pin down for him. <laughs> yeah, so – Yeah, that's crazy. I think the Raptors have know that they don't have a great half court offense, but know the sets that they like to run. And I think guys like Norm Powell will have the opportunity to show their athleticism. I think that you're going to see a lot of, you know, uh, dribble handoff uh, opportunities for Norm Powell to come down the lane from the elbow where he likes the ball. I think Nick Nurse is a gamer. He'll figure out, okay, these sets are working tonight. We're going to go to them. I just, I trust this team to figure out the offense and, will get so many opportunities in transition from their defense that they'll, yeah, you just, you just need to win 16 games. You can lose um, 12 of them. So who cares? Ivan, bro, yo, thanks nice, for the call, nice. man. We got to let you go. Thank you, guys. Man. Yo, what, yo, stop bullying Chris Boucher, man. Yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad, Chris. I support everyone on the team, man. I support everybody on the team. I support Chris. He's had a great year. Um, that was my bad, man. That was my bad. All right. No, no, no. Yo, we got mad love for you, Will Lou, man. We got mad love for you, man. You're the voice of the Raptors, uh, man. So, yo, take it easy, guys. I appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Uh, I do appreciate that a lot of people jumped to my defense. Uh, I don't think in, in, in previous uh, reporter player uh, exchanges, um, I haven't seen as much support for the reporters on that side. So, I mean, I people know that you're a real person. And you're, the vo- you, you're right. You just said it. You're the voice of the Raptors, man. It's why... I think the show works, and it's why I like working with you. Oh, um, All right, let's knock up. Chris Boucher It's probably in the chat watching right oh, now. Listen, Chris, up, I appreciate Chris? you, man. Um, keep doing what you're doing, and good luck in free agency. Uh, all right, let, let's just go through the, the questions real quick. Uh, John asks, why is, in, why, am I, why is Will Lou not getting a haircut? Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to wear a mask and risk it. Plus, I'm trying out different things right now. I got like, the, I got like a middle part sometimes, trying out that like weird little Japanese look. So, um, you know. That's that's something there, uh, but mostly I just I don't have to right now, so I don't I'm not doing it. Um, I'd rather wear hair accessories. 
Uh, Aaron says, uh, what's it like covering uh, the bubble from outside the bubble? Can you uh, get in on the press interviews? What resources do they give? Well, Will's never been inside the bubble. His whole that's life, what, so that's facts. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like James <laughs> Herbert. I'm at, outside the NBA, all right? No, I mean, I, I've, it's just like covering a road game, except they're all road games. You have Zoom conference links that the, 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 the PR team will tweet out or email out basically before the game. You can join in. Normally post game, I'm not going to be in those because I'm writing 10 things and doing the reaction podcast and that overlaps with that timing. But um, but yeah, I mean, on off days and stuff like that, I'm, I'm in those pregame. I'm in those. You get to ask uh, Nick and whoever some questions. Uh, that, that's been fine. I actually don't mind that. It's actually kind of nice instead of uh, being in a scrum with like 20 reporters, like squeezing together, trying to hold a microphone so they can ask uh, Nick Nurse how he's feeling about his hat. Uh, this is just more comfortable, period. So I actually kind of prefer it. Um, and then we have a caller. So oh, we have let's a caller. That. Dan from Toronto. Uh, talk about Marcus hey. Dan. Welcome to the show. Hey, I just wanted to start by saying, Will, I've been following you since your RR days, and uh, oh, I, I always that. appreciate someone who can laugh at themselves in their big head. That's that's refreshing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> jumping jumping on you right at the beginning of the call. All right, that's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. To be honest, I was I was a huge JV fan. I think all of us were. Just you know, his work ethic, his love of the city. But the trade for Marcus All, like obviously Kawhi, but the trade for Marcus All, I think, really put us over the top, especially in that Philly series. I don't think I don't think we make it to that beautiful shot unless we have him. Um, so I think this year, you know, the weight loss has been great, but his his basically his. His top of the top, his top three there is is so key for us to win games. Like he needs to hit at least three of those. I feel like come playoff time, for us mm-hmm. to to comfortably take teams. So I I was kind of wondering how you guys think he's going to factor in. And then my other point was more just about Orlando. It looks like that's going to be our first round matchup. Are we going to sweep them? And you know, are we going to lose game one again and and be scared all over? <laughs> Well, they st- they still got DJ Augustine for the uh, what what feels like the twentieth straight season. They got DJ, you know, they got DJ Augustine like they're like that's their Dirk or something. Like they just have him all the time. I, every time I turn on a Magic game, it's DJ Augustine running a pick and roll for a floater. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, with Mark, I, I do want to see more of the scoring. I think the appetite. It, it felt like he had more of an appetite to score during the scrimmages than he did in either the Laker game or uh, the Heat game. I think defensively been elite i mean even better now with the with the weight loss i think he's just a little bit more mobile uh he's getting to his spots he was always doing that he was always a mobile guy even though he was heavier set but like he's now like there was that play where he was like sliding with goran dragic the entire length of the floor and forced him into an air ball right before halftime and i'm just thinking like wow that mobility there is 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 guard-esque but i think yeah you do need more scoring for mark and i think it's just about him like calling his own number, right? Because it's really his own decision. He has the ball a lot. He's just mostly swinging and directing traffic. But I would like to see him pull it, like, at least, like, six, seven times a game because it's there's, they're open threes, you know? And That's he's the way I see it, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes he falls into a bit of a funk and, and he just... It looks like he can't hit anything. But you're right. Like, all the all the intangibles, I think, are, are just so key when he's on the floor. Um, but in terms of Orlando, is there a timeline for Jonathan Isaac? Because I feel like he's been one of no. the best defenders I've seen on Siakam all year. Um, he might miss all of next season, man. Yeah, he's out. He's, he's out. Done. 
Well, then I think it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm pretty excited about, you know, having a nice easy <laughs> run through that first round on our way to, on our way to Boston or whomever. I don't, I don't know. Mm. And then just kind of a last note, you mentioned DJ Augustine. Do you think we might somehow get a discount on Fred Van Vliet? Cause somebody see, might see a little bit of a double take with uh, the way we had Augustine played for us and, and then got that big money. Like I'm just worried about, who and what and, and how we're going to do kind of the signings after the year. What, what does it look like after this season? Cause Gasol is probably going to take a pay cut, but Ibaka is playing his out of his mind. He's going to get big money. Fred's in line for big money. Like which ones of the free agents do you see us re-signing? Um, so I'm sure you're familiar with the reporting that was made available uh, earlier this in the winter that the, a board that governs the Raptors is turning over. So Masai is still a question mark. All of these things need to be sorted out before we have any idea as to how much money will be on the table to be broken up amongst the core of this Raptors championship core um, group of players. So I have no idea. I've talked about it all season long that retaining Fred and Serge um, is going to be complicated. And it, it has not become more clear in the time since uh, we lost spoke, which is kind of crappy. I think if the season hadn't been interrupted, we would have had all these answers. But uh, it's going to certainly be a very interesting few weeks at the end of uh, October and November to figure out what's going on with the Raptors. Well, anything that I hope uh, MLLC doesn't uh, cheap out here. Uh, I mean, I understand, man. You're not you're losing a lot of revenue because you don't have like the arenas there and bringing in revenue. But I will have to say that, you know, unlike um, like someone like like Houston owned by Tillman Fertitta, who has a chain of casinos and restaurants, those are really impacted. Like he probably has like I, I understand why he doesn't have any money because literally like all these businesses are shut down. Uh, I think people are still using their cell phones. I think people are still calling. I think people are still going on the Internet. Uh, so I, I, I honestly think the core business of Rogers and Bell should be fairly stable. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think they should be able to continue to fund the team, especially because the Raptors have been mad profitable. So, you yeah. know, um, pay the players. I'm actually on the opinion now of, like, just keep everybody. If you And they're going to be good assets. They're going to be good players. They're going to retain their value. When time comes to it, and if Giannis decides, okay, yeah, I'm coming to Toronto, which is still, like, a smaller chance than – I'm not saying that that's, like, even 50% chance. That's going to be a small chance. Uh, if he decides, yeah, I'm going to come, Great, we can move some pieces around. We can bring them in. It's but it's like you know, getting Giannis is like um, getting Giannis is like getting a big sofa bed that you're gonna like tie your whole house together. You're not gonna throw out all your furniture beforehand, all right? You're gonna see. Okay, I'm gonna decide that sofa. He's coming. I'm buying it. Then I'm putting it in my house. Then I could put some other stuff on Kajiji. But you know, right now I, I gotta sit somewhere. You know, and, and Fred and, and Serge and Mark, these guys are real solid players. <laughs> well, if they don't, if they don't get Masai is- back. <laughs> oh yeah, get, get the side. Right. They don't get Masai back. Like, for, if they don't get Masai back, the city's going into mourning. Exactly. Yeah, like they, yeah, they need exactly. it. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think, well, I just wanted to say thank you guys, and uh, it's been a. You guys have done great post games, and I really appreciate the call in show, and uh, looking forward to calling in again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hell yeah. All right, I think uh, that does it for most of the show, uh, the, the the callers. But uh, let's race through a couple of questions and then get to our signature segment, the uh, the Stanley suggestions. Yes, we still have suggestions for Stanley, even though he is trapped inside of a bubble. Uh, we're going to keep it considerate to the activities he can do in the bubble, because you know we're not going to suggest like you know go to Magic City get some wings. Like we're not going to do any of that stuff. We're going to res- we're, we're going to be respectful and responsible. 
Uh, before we get there, though, let's get to a couple of questions um, from uh, Daron Francis. Um, would you rather have the Raptors defense and Nick Nurse or a quote-unquote superstar? Um, and I, this this I is getting like... to that territory when uh, <laughs> what was it? Celtics fans were asking, would you rather have Giannis or Brad Stevens? <laughs> And people were like, yeah, Brad um, Stevens, definitely. Brad Stevens dropping 30, 10, and 10 every day. <laughs> who's the quote-unquote superstar? There are Kawhi. superstars that you uh, – I mean, I don't want that to answer this question. But there are guys that you mortgage your future to get, for sure. Nick Nurse and this defense are, are a big part of the um, firmament that makes this one of the most desirable organizations in basketball and I'm not going to part with them just for, for anybody. So if you're saying to me, Giannis or Nick Nurse, I'm sorry, Nick, yeah. but I don't think that's on the table. I think that part of what would make someone like Giannis want to stay and work here is the firmament we've created. I don't know. I don't like this question. Yeah, no, this is, this is, yeah, I don't want to even think <laughs> about this. Uh, I don't know why I asked. Andrew says, uh, rate O'Shea Brissett's bubble blog. That's pretty good. Did you hear, like did you hear Matt Thomas? Uh, Matt Thomas. With yeah, the, he with, sounds like he went to Thistleton Collegiate. What's that? <laughs> he sounds like he went to Thistleton Collegiate Institute. Sounds like any guy in a in Rexdale. <laughs> there is um, north of West Humber Boulevard and south of West Humber Boulevard. He extremely sounds like he's from south of West Humber Boulevard. Yeah, and that's good. It's nice. He's embracing the culture. <laughs> yeah. Um... Shout out, shout out Matt Thomas, man. I don't know where the players have been taking him, but he's learning a lot. You always want to see people, uh, you always want to see people expand and grow as people. Um, Maybe Matt Thomas is following the Stanley suggestions. He's just hanging out on Orphus Road. Actually, wow, actually. Uh, I, I mean, we might have to give him a whole set of different, uh, you know, suggestions, but that's another thing. Um, what else on here? Um, T-Roy, hit me when you're... With, with your best advice for podcasters or someone looking to get into it, Troy from Saga City Baby. Well, first off, uh, signing signing your own um, questions is definitely a, a great uh, way to, um, you know, like I, I'm I'm serious. Like, get your own personal brand out there. I think, th- yeah, seriously. Off, you know, definitely don't be shy of using your voice. And um, I don't know, man. Just pick a lane. I think honestly, I think too many shows are like too varied. Just like focus on one topic, really consistently deliver on that topic um you know if you're not funny don't try to be funny uh i know that's coming from me but like you know just but at the same time like put your personality into it and i think honestly if you speak openly and honestly about most things people are going to want to listen so uh best of best of uh, luck to troy from saga city yeah don't be who you're not um find a format that works for your voice um and no william lou that's how i got here so all right this is like a ringer situation (laughs) Actually, oh actually specifically, it's not because you're here. But, <laughs> uh, let's, let's, and you're not producing; you're actually talent. So yeah, very, thanks. very different from. Uh, wow! All right, before I make um, any more enemies, no. let's let's talk about Stanley suggestions. All right, thanks everyone for the calls. Thanks everyone for the questions. We really appreciate it. Um, obviously, this first show back has been really exciting. So we're running a little long, but we definitely look forward to you guys calling in. Actually, we have a show next week as well, Tuesday, same time, uh, twelve p.m. So call in, same number, everything like that. But uh, Josh, Stanley suggested people have been waiting, man. It's been four months. Stanley's inside a bubble. He's probably getting a corona test right now. What's going on? What, what do you want him to be doing? I think there's only one thing that I can recommend that Stanley Johnson get up to in the bubble. If I came back and didn't mention it right away, I'd be, I'd be letting down so many people. And that's Indian matchmaker. 
Stanley Johnson, you need to watch Indian Matchmaker. It is um, an entertaining experience unlike any other. All year long, Netflix has been putting out these um, dating shows. I don't even know the names of them because I didn't watch. Indian Matchmaker is different. There is something so wonderful about this cast of characters. I'm shout out Aparna. I know everybody hates you, but I see you. I identify with being a crabby person. So uh, I rate you bedtime. I think that, have you watched Indian Matchmaker? I have, I have. I just, I just finished, what, yeah. What did you think? I, I thought it was great. First off, I mean, like culturally, it's so different from what I know. Right. So like, it's, yeah. it's nice to just like go in and see the culture because it, it is like an experience. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it also is, it, I don't know, it's just legitimately a fun matchmaking show. Like it's, it's funny because the main matchmaker um, who, I, I don't know why I'm so bad with names. To me. Yeah. Right. She's, she's so blunt about everything. It's actually really funny because they'll have an interview. She'd be like, all right, what are you looking for? And they'll be like, you know, I want a tall guy. I want him to be smart. I want him to be outgoing, not too serious, but also like has a career or something like that. And then afterwards you'll, you'll cut to like just the, 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 the video of just the matchmaker. And she'll be like, yeah, she's asking for too much. Uh, she can't get all these things. <laughs> and I'm just dying. Cause it's just so funny that yeah. she's so blunt, oh, but, so but that's what it's like talking to like a, like if you're talking to her like uncle or auntie, like, you know, that's, they're going to tell you the truth. And they're going to be like, look, man, you're, uh, you're asking for way too much. Or like, you're already in a great situation. Lock that thing down. Like, don't, don't be serious with you. So I actually like that. Yeah. It's a nice twist. I really liked it. It felt, it felt like, you know, Brad, like my late grandfather, Frank Stone, he passed away during all this. He's of injured. I grew up in Rexdale, surrounded by Punjabi families. It felt like brown people for brown people. Mm. And that was so exhilarating. Like, there's no offense, something very different about watching that show than uh, like watching the mini project, which, you know, God bless the mini project mm. and Master of None. But this felt like the families that I grew up around and that, you know, I like visited their homes at Diwali and it was, it felt great. I really liked it. And I, I think anybody with any love for other people will enjoy it mm. so stanley johnson enjoy indian matchmaker um that's my stanley suggestion this week how about you will um yeah i mean keeping with the bubble theme um you know maybe go out there and catch some fish i, I think you know some things you just want to build your confidence with things that you can do and the nba has really made an effort to apparently stock the ponds with extra fish I don't know how they're maintaining that population. I feel like you're really disrupting the ecosystem, but whatever. Okay. Adam Silver is spending his off time importing fish. Basically he's going to the Chinese restaurant, looking at the, the fit, the, like the, the submarine <laughs> tank and just being like, I want all those things <laughs> and then bring it right to uh, Disney world. So he's stocking the ponds with fish. Uh, I feel like it'd just be good for Stanley's confidence. You know, it's relaxing. You go to practice, you, you, you finish practice, you, you, you get, you know, uh, fishing rod, you go out there and you just fish for like two hours and just like, you know, the, the, the thrill and satisfaction maybe can build his confidence a little bit. Um, I just think it's a nice activity, and it's good to succeed once in a while, you know? So I, I think that we, it'd be good if Stanley was out there catching some fish. That's all. It looks I think fun. that's a great answer. Uh, it does look fun. It seems like all the guys are hanging out and enjoying each other's company, and I don't know. I think it's difficult to be away from your friends and family in your real life, so mm. any opportunity for these guys to hang out. It seems like I remember before the bubble um, opened, they said they'd have DJs there every night and yeah. stand-up comedians. That shit hasn't started yet, has it? Like, is Kevin Hart pulling up to the bubble? Oh, you know, 100% <laughs> he's pulling up to the bubble, man. Stanley, you know, honestly, I'm just saying this. Kevin Hart is like maybe two more injuries, two more corona cases away from being on the Nets right now. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me you don't want to see Kevin Hart versus Chris Chioza one-on-one. Like, I would love to see King of the Court with uh, Chris Chioza versus Josh Hart, so, or versus uh, Kevin Hart, so. Actually, I guess I would love to I see you do that, too. To be, I can't wait for there to be an episode of the Joe Budden podcast recorded live from the bubble. Like, I feel like as the playoffs go on, mm. as August turns to September, October, the stories are going to get stranger because people are going to get bored. Oh, yeah. I know that you know, and we're, what, a week and a half away from teams starting to get kicked out of the bubble um, because they're not uh, playoff contenders. But even then, like, it's going to be very boring for the Utah Jazz. Like, after the series is over, they're, they're down 2-0, and they just need to play two more games in order to leave. Mm. What are they going to do for fun? They're not going to be reviewing tape. They're going to be getting their asses kicked by the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. It's just going to be very funny times ahead. Well, um, there you go. Those are Stanley's suggestions. Uh, you suggested Indian matchmaking. I suggested going fishing. So uh, that does it for the podcast. That does it for the uh, the live show. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. Um, thanks, for everyone, for leaving comments. As we, as I mentioned earlier, we have another show next Tuesday. So please, um, you know, call in 12 uh, p.m. Eastern. Uh, whoever knows Vitaly, go out there and just, like, let him know that the show is back. We have no contact on this guy, so this is our only means to contact him. So we're doing so publicly um and yeah seriously call in leave your comments it's a fun time uh thanks to our producers uh for putting the show back together uh so for myself for josh for our sponsor ksc we're signing off on the rock (laughs) run it back (laughs) hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.